Matthew 25. Praise God. Appreciate everybody's prayers and everybody just doing their best. You know, the Bible talks about endeavoring to keep the unity. That means working at it. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, I thank God my wife testifying today and and every bit of it just so true about things we've been through and things, uh, tests we've been through and trials we've been through and how good God has been. Amen. And uh, to have that kind of relation. I thank God for a godly wife. Amen. I thank God for a Christian wife. I'm so glad, so glad for that. Amen. The Bible talks about not being unequally yoked together. Thank God for somebody that can pray with me. Somebody that can encourage me when I need encouraged. And I hope I can encourage her as well. Amen. But I'll tell you that there have been... To, to have unity in a home, you gotta work at it. It just doesn't come. Amen. You gotta be in the Word together. You gotta pray. Amen. You gotta, you, you gotta trust God together. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, we need that in the house of God. Understand, praise God, as much as you pray and as much as I pray, this humanity that we all have, you know, we're not in heaven yet. And, you know, I don't believe we're going to have angels' wings and halos in heaven, but we sure don't have them now. Amen. And we can struggle and we have our weakness and we have our trials, especially just and differences. But understand, I thank God for brothers and sisters working to, together. Amen. Praise the Lord. As we pray for one another, I know sometimes, praise God, you say, well, brother, hallelujah, I didn't know this was going on. I didn't know that was going on. Sometimes I'm the last to know. That is right. Amen. I'm just the pastor. Who knows? Amen. You say, well, and sometimes I've heard people say, you know what? Well, if he knew that was going on, why didn't he deal with it? How do you know I'm not? I think you're pretty awesome to think that every time I deal with something, it just it's taken care of like that. I hate to disappoint you, but that's rarely the case. Well, praise God. Amen. Sometimes you just talk to folks, preach about it, deal with things, talk, say, hey, come on, this isn't. And you know what? It's just uh, they, they still have to make their choice, too. So but I'm thankful for people that just loving one another. Amen. Building up one another. Praise God. Not allowing ourselves to 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 be divided or defeated. Amen. Matthew 25. We need it more in these last days than ever before. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for, Lord, your help. Thank you, Lord. We can't do anything without you, and we don't even want to try, God. Help us, I pray, God, to be strong in you and help us to strengthen and sharpen one another, God. We need this last day, God, revival more than ever before in our hearts and in our lives. And, God, we ask you to just teach us, lead us, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew twenty-five thirty-one. This is the third of three parables here following Matthew 24 about end times. It says in verse 31, when the son of man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. God bless you. You can be seated. How many maybe, uh, understand what I'm talking about when I say 
We're living in these crazy last days. Amen. It's not just the news. It's not just the things we uh, see there on a national level or even an international level. But we see that people are being attacked and, and uh, the devil is working overtime in people, in homes. Amen. And if you're not careful to stay, keep your mind in Christ. Amen. I'll tell you that this crazy battles that we're facing has made some folks crazy. Amen. And I've seen some things I never thought I would see, not see already. Praise God. And this is a battle that we cannot take lightly. We've got to be praying for one another and we've got to be standing strong. And if we, hallelujah, we're, we are weak in ourselves, but we've got to have faith that God's going to help us get all the way to the end. We see some things in Matthew 24. Don't want to spend a lot of time tonight, but it's not even in my notes. But as I look down in my Bible back from chapter 25, I see these things. And as the Lord's there asking the Lord, tell us in verse three, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And he goes on and says, take heed that no man deceive you. We need to be able to prayerfully understand what the teaching is, the word of God is for this generation that we're living in. And we see in verse seven, well, verse six, this kind of international wars and rumors of wars and trouble and kingdoms rising up against kingdom and famines, pestilences, earthquakes and divers places. These are just the beginning of sorrows. But if you continue on, it, it gets a little closer to home, I think, than just the headlines, just the rumors of wars and the pestilence that we are seeing and the earthquakes and the, all these things that are dangerous. But, you know, verse 12 says, because iniquity shall abound, sin is on the uprise. Amen. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You'll hear me say it, and you're going to hear me say it again and again, because we see it so much in our day to day. Sin is abounding, and it's causing people to be just hardened and calloused against one another. Amen. Common courtesies that aren't common anymore. Just the, the, the ability to smile and wave at somebody walking... Driving by, maybe, in your neighborhood. What's wrong with you? It's what they, it's kind of the response you get a lot of times. And we are living in this day when we are seeing the love of many wax cold. And you be careful. The devil's trying to get it in the church. Thank God for the love that we feel in this house. Thank God for the friendship that we have. But I'll tell you, the devil has worked hard over time on the church to divide us, to separate us, to have us uh, against one another and help us, Lord, to endeavor to keep that unity. You know, what it says in verse 13, he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. We got to hang in there. We got to endure to the end. I, I know that we are saved through him and through his blood. And we're going to see some things that that uh, aren't going to contradict that at all, although some folks might might think so if they don't know their Bible very well. But listen to me, we got to make it to the end. We got to make it to the end. Praise the Lord. Today 
You're doing well? Great. Today, you say, I'm holding on? Great. But you gotta hang on and, and God's gonna, God's gonna help you no matter what you gotta face. God is greater than any trial, than every devil. Amen. Praise the Lord, but you gotta keep your eyes on Him, your strength coming from Him. Amen. Praise the Lord. It, it, it goes on and on throughout this verse and talked, or this chapter, as you will, about these last days and and then we come to chapter 25 in our study. And this kind of brings down some things that we're, are very practical for us. A lot of things that I feel like that we know and understand about end times, I'm not saying they're unimportant. But my question is, day by day, God, what do I do with today? And what do I do with the battle the end time scenarios that are happening in my life and in the battle that I am facing. Praise God. I believe prayer for our nation is so important. I believe prayer in the spirit. Sometimes we are interceding for situations that may be just mind blowing. If we would understand how God could work through even our prayers. Amen. But in all practicality, I want to be the part of God's kingdom that God's called me to be and be faithful in that. Amen. And I believe that's what chapter 25 is calling us to. He tells the story. We spent some time on that, a full service on that, as well as some review about the, the, the five wise and the five foolish virgins, pure uh, young ladies that are looking toward a marriage. Praise God. They're ready for a marriage. But five of them were called wise because they had to, they were prepared. They had, they were prepared. They were filled up with the oil. They were still in a last day scenario, even though it seemed like they weren't going to need it very much longer. This idea that we ought to hide away in a bunker somewhere and maybe get a commune together and all just say, hey, you know what, it'd be so much better if we just got away and got out in the country somewhere with just Christians. And that's God says you're in this world. You got to shine that light. Amen. This idea of just surviving. I'm all, I'm all about a packing for a, a bad time. And I, I believe I, I really do. I never, never once said anything about anybody who's just saying, you know, what? I, I don't, I'm not sure how good our economy is going to be. I'm not sure how I think things are going to get worse. According to what I read in the Bible, I want to be prepared for that. God bless you. God bless you for that. I'm not, I'm never saying a word against that, but praise God. Never, never get the idea that we're to hide away from it. Amen. Just shine the light. Be everything that you can be to the people around you. Some of those people that need to see your light are your family, your neighbors. Amen. Praise God. Keep shining. Five of them just kind of, for whatever purpose, did not have that preparation of, of being filled with the oil. And they were, it was too late. They were, did not enter into that, that marriage supper. So, we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. We need to be shining our light. Amen. Well, then we talked about those that were given talents. They were given an investment that the, the Lord had now gives us. Uh, he first gave us this idea of being ready for a wedding. That is the amazing thing as the bride, the church is going to be uh, reunited and with him throughout eternity. But now he gives kind of a business kind of scenario, gives this kind of idea that, hey, now let's look at it from another 
viewpoint and realize that I've given you some things, I've given you some gifts, I've invested in you my gifts, and now what have you done with them? And there's going to be a day of reckoning, a day when he calls us in and says, okay, let's, uh, let's see what you've done with what I've given you. Well, praise the Lord. I want to I want to be about my father's business. I want to be doing something for God. I I want to to be available to God. I I don't want to ever just I want God to show me opportunities around me and let God know that I'm available. God, you can use me. Amen. You know, we get so busy. We get so busy and and sometimes in our busyness, don't don't get me wrong. Again, your job is a gift from God. Use it for God. Your family is a gift from God. Use it for God. Shine a light. Put your heart into that. But sometimes in our busyness, we can forget we're doing this heartily as unto the Lord, the Bible says. So remember that. And, and we went through this, how we, we've been given some time. We've been given some resources. We've been given some opportunities. Let's use what we have for God. Amen. Don't worry about the fact that somebody else is doing something else. Amen. Well, Bible talks about one that had ten, one that had five, one that had one. You say, well, that one, it's not fair that they get to do that. What do you get to do? Look at that. Pray about that. Try to figure that out and focus on that. Amen. Praise God. Look to be a help. Look to be a blessing at every chance you can. So now we're looking at this third story. And this is, if you're not careful, like a lot of parts of the Bible, if you don't put it the Bible talks about rightly dividing the word and making sure you have line upon line, precept upon precept. Um, you can kind of maybe get a little confused here. But the Bible says this last day judgment is going to be, uh, praise God, like uh, someone who is gathering sheep and goats and saying, okay, sheep, get over here. Goats, get over here. Nope, nope, nope. You get over here. Nope, you get over here now. And uh, making a separation of those last days. It, it reminds me of another parable in... Matthew 13, where it talks about the tares among the wheat. Remember that? There's, there's wheat that has been planted. That's God's people. But while they were, he says, while we were sleeping, the enemy planted tares among the wheat. Not everybody that may be uh, planted there with the wheat is wheat. So, so uh, you know, the, the farmers that are helping the Lord say, let's, let's gather it all up. Let's get rid of it. And he says, no, no, no. You want to be careful with that. You don't want to trample down. Be careful with souls. Be careful with words. Be careful that you don't, because sometimes you might get overzealous about something that you say, that's, that's not God. But in the process, you trample down somebody who's trying their best and doing right. And, and I said, just be careful. You know, we'll sort that out at the end. Amen. There's another parable that talks about the, the, the great net that comes in and all kinds of fish. And, and uh, you know what? The, 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 the fishermen, after the net comes to the shore, there's a separation. Amen. You know, the Holy Ghost will do a good job at just uh, helping you and directing you and feeding you sometimes. And sometimes it's not just, you know, it, it took a while that, you know, even Judas was with them for a long time. But but listen, God, don't you worry about what God has for you more than anything. So he says he's going to set the sheep on his right hand, the goats on his left. And he says to the sheep. Now, I hope everybody at least recognizes this end time scenario this illustration of judgment that uh we want to we want to be the sheep we want to be 
there on his right hand. And look what he says to them on his right hand. Come ye blessed. Are you blessed? Hey, that, that is such a great designation there that he calls us the blessed. Amen. Come ye blessed of my father. Inherit. I like that as well. It's an inheritance because we have been called into the family of God and we weren't born into this family naturally, but we've been grafted in through the blood of Jesus Christ to receive every promise, to receive every inheritance. And he said, this is your inheritance now. And it's been prepared for you. It's been prepared for you. Didn't Jesus say, I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am there, you may be also. I've heard it many times just growing up in church that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Amen. God's preparing a place. And he says, I've got this ready for you. This is for you. This is, this is what I've done for you, that you can be with me throughout eternity. He says, come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Again, we could look. God had this plan. It's an amazing thing to me. It's one of those things that in the mind and the heart of God, you find out that his ways are so far above our ways. I, I believe it's in the book of Revelation. It talks about the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. That the plan of God to have a, a church, to have a people, to have a bride, if you will, in eternity forever. That was his plan from the beginning. Don't get me wrong. This world that we're living in right now, you, you're, it's false to believe that it's not important. Amen. Because it is so important. But listen, this is just God's way of getting us ready for something so much grander. Amen. So much greater. So much beyond what we can think. What we face in this world is just getting us ready for that day that it's going to be eternity. Amen. So passing the tests, being faithful to God through the hard times, through the difficult times, saying, you know what, God, what you gave me, I did with it what you would want me to do because it belongs to you anyway. And that's why he said, you've been faithful in a little bit. Now I'm going to give you much and because I know you'll be faithful with it. Well, here we have this prepared place that he prepared from the foundation of the world. Let me say a little bit more about this. This understanding that God was planning, God was preparing, God was wanting us to be a part of his plan before he even said, let there be light. Before he ever uh, called the light out of darkness, he had a plan that, that uh, there would be a people that he would know and love and bless for eternity. He had a plan of a savior. He had a plan of salvation. He had a plan of relationship. He had all this figured out. God's so good. And he wants you to be a part of it. It, He said, brother, I don't know if I understand all that. Well, God's ways, like I said, are infinite. So these crazy days that we're living in. These days that we, we just scratch our heads and say, what are people thinking now? You know, at the end of the day, I've just decided, you know, I, I hear a lot say, what do you think about that? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, just strange to me, but I know folks need Jesus. <laughs> I know people need the Holy Ghost. Amen. I know people need to be living for God. I know uh, I, I know that's the bottom line. And I feel like no matter what's going on in this world, and as much as I pray for for the government, I pray for the nation, I pray for this world and, and what's going on, I know that God is working a bigger plan than even that. 
that we're going to be with him throughout eternity. And he's going to be king of kings over all. And every knee is going to bow. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess. I want to make sure I do that here and now. Amen. With my own will. So it's interesting to me. And I hope it's interesting to you. It's the word of God. It ought to be that he begins to describe what it means to be a sheep, what it means to be one of those blessed that have inherited that kingdom. Praise God from the that was prepared from the foundation of the world. And he begins to tell them something. And it seems like even the people that are hearing that are questioning, what do you mean by that? He said, uh, come ye blessed to my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered because when I was hungry, you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. The question I'm sure that some have are, wait a minute, I'm pretty sure if I understand the gospel, if I understand the Bible, that my good works are just like filthy rags to God. I can't come before God and say, hey, look at my list of all the good deeds that I have done. And that somehow counts for righteousness. Again, let me say the Bible says your best is altogether vanity. Your good works are as filthy rags before God. And we know that. We understand that. And certainly we believe that. So what is happening here? I'm telling you what's happening. When you have a real faith in God. You're not going to sit back and say, you know what, I've got faith all to myself. And I'm just going to wait for God to, to, to take me to heaven one day and to meet my needs and to help me. And No, real faith in God is something that is alive. Faith without what? Works is what? It's dead. The works is not salvation, but faith that is alive will be active faith. It is the fruit or the product of a life that has faith. It is the proof, let me say, of faith. When Abraham said, you know what, I believe you're going to make everything all right. Your will is the best. Well, then take Isaac and lay him on the altar. Amen. And sacrifice him unto me. Do you have faith? Yes, I do. How do I know? Because I'm going up the mountain right now to do just what you said. How do you know? I've got faith. How do you... How can you believe he's a good God and I trust him? So we see that throughout the word of God, these these men and women of faith were able to stand up and say, like we read today, King, live forever. But you know what? We're not careful to answer you. We're not going to bow. That's faith. Their made up minds to say, no, I'm not going to bow that. Can I say action or lack of action for that matter was not something that was righteous, but the faith that made that happen. It was evidence of faith. There's an evidence to faith. Your life is an evidence of faith. That's why we read here in my glorify that you bear much fruit this morning, because that fruit, that that product of faith glorifies God. And when somebody sees all your good works and that glorifies God, because you say it's not in me, it's in him. So that faith in God, if, if it's not active, it's not 
evident. Well, it's then it's evidence of something that is contrary to faith. Amen. So he says, uh, well, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was a stranger, you took me in. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you, you came unto me. So then the righteous answered to him, saying, Lord, when? The neat thing about this is, is there's, I'm sure everybody in the world, if you were going to court and you thought the judge was thirsty and you had an opportunity to give him something to drink, you'd take that opportunity for sure. If you knew it was the judge, you might walk, walk uh, past a hundred folks that might or might not be thirsty. But if one of them was your judge in a court case and you thought, oh, I'd be glad to help you, sir. You want some ice in that little lemon squeezed in that possibly? I'll do anything I can to help you. Oh, would you like something to eat with that? I'd love that. Oh, you, 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 you're in town and you oh, I, I give you uh, the best room in my house. The idea is there's an eternal judge. There's an eternal judgment. And if Jesus came into the house and he had needs, praise God, how would you respond to that? Oh, you don't have to get your, your water. I'll go get that for you. And, and, and I'm going to take care of this and I'm going to do that for you. I hope that would be the case. And the Lord says, well, you know what? You are the blessed of my father. You're the one who are inheriting that kingdom prepared. And it's been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And they said, uh, why? Well, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When were you hungry? The righteous shall answer. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? When saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. What an amazing thing that we see in God, in his character, that he is now identifying himself with the weakest among us. He is taking human nature and saying, you need better than your best. You need something that is heavenly in you. When my kingdom is working in my children, they're not looking for, they're not opportunistic. You know what that means? It means to, to try to do something nice for somebody because you think it's going to position you in a better light and it's going to do something for you. You just, you don't look for, for people to help that you're going to get something from, but you're just helpful and you help people because you're helpful. I've talked to people. I've told my children growing up, you know what? If I'm going to respect people, I hear them say that, that earn my respect. I say, you need to be respect. You need to respect people because you're respectful because that's who you are. You need to be kind, not to people that are kind to you, but be kind because you're kind. God puts in you character, his character, and he loves those that are unlovable. He has time for those that, that might not have time for you. And you're good to folks. When you see Jesus, he's loving, he's loving people that, that are the, the, the least. And now he looks at his children and says, I see me in you. 
I see my spirit in you, my character in you, because I've washed you and I'm living in you. And and it's not that these works are somehow the salvation, but they are the evidence that that Jesus is in them. Amen. That when you start loving folks, when you start doing for people, when you've got time for for the least. This this world that we live in is. uh you know, there's there's a big uh, push here a while back about bullying in 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 schools and and uh, cyber bullying. There have been suicides because of horrible things and just horrible, horrible cruelty that's perpetrated online. And but I, I see so many things just in our culture that that uh, that promote that the celebrities that. You know, people practically worship that that have everything, all the all the plastic surgery and all the personal trainers and all the 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 special effects and all the writers to tell them how to look and how to sound and how to talk and just to be so, so amazing. And it's all so fake. And and that's the people that are 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 lifted up in the society and people that have nothing are laughed at and mocked and 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 stepped on and used and abused. Not in God's kingdom. Not in God's kingdom. There's the whole idea of the big eyes and little U's is maybe sound cliche, but but the Lord came to 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 save and to love and to to heal and and He sees Himself in us at best that when we're serving and we're loving those because God Almighty I think about it so often how how we may think we're something. We may think we're smart and wise, strong and, and, and all these things. But God Almighty looks at our best. He's so much greater than that. The Bible talks about the princes of this world that, that they crucified him. They didn't know even their own Lord and help us, God. And he says in First Corinthians how it's the. It's the ones that are nothing. It's the weak. It's the poor. It's the it, it, that that you can look around and see in His kingdom. Praise God! Don't don't allow yourself to be so proud that you look down at somebody else. You know, if it wasn't for God's grace, that's where we each one of us would be. So He says that the King says, "Verily I say unto you, and as much as you've done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me." I think about it sometimes how. Saul, who later became Paul, he was knocked down by that bright light and the Lord speaks out of that light to him. And and Paul looks up and that light blinds him and he says, he hears that voice saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He said, who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. He was coming against his children. He was coming against his people. Jesus said, you do it unto the least of these. You're doing it unto me. Hey, God takes you personally. God takes you personally. He sees you and he cares about He'll defend you. He'll take care of you. Amen. Let's read on. Matthew 25. Verse 41. Now he differentiates from the sheep to the goats. And look what he says to them. Then say 
Shall you say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I've heard people say, how could God just cast somebody into hell? What kind of loving God does that? Hell wasn't made for you. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. This everlasting fire, this fire, the Bible says that is not quenched. It doesn't go out. I know there's a lot of thoughts on that, but he says this is everlasting fire. It doesn't, it will not be quenched. The worm dieth not. The fire is not quenched, he says, over and over and over again. Listen to me. He talks about this fire that is everlasting, that is prepared for there. He made a place for the devil's rebellion. He made a place for those that followed the devil in rebellion. Praise God. And he reaches out to mankind and says, don't go to hell. Don't be lost. Please be saved. Amen. He's a savior. You've got to make a choice if you're going to be lost. But he says, I want to tell you something. I was hungry and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in naked and you clothed me not sick and in prison and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him saying, Lord, when saw we, we saw we thee and hungered or a thirst or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them saying, verily I say unto you. Inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. The Bible says, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is what? It's sin. Amen. I know, and and I'm sure you've probably heard me preach this, it's sins of omission. I don't believe, like a lot of people say, it's just every moment you could be doing more, you could be praying more, you could be helping more, so you're sinning all the time because you're not doing... No, I don't believe that. I think we got to live our lives and do what we can in God, and sometimes it might not seem like we're doing a lot, but we're doing what God's given us to do. But when God presents something before us and says, here's, here's an opportunity to be a blessing... Here's an opportunity to be a, be a help. Here's an opportunity to serve. And, and you're so busy like those that walked by that one that the Good Samaritan took care of. Those religious folks that just didn't have time for somebody who's hurting. Listen to me. He said, when you have not done it, when you did it not to one of the least of these... Remember, it doesn't say you never did it. It doesn't say there might not be somebody you haven't helped, but the least, the one that is so easily forgotten. Slow down, take some time, and be a blessing to someone. So easy to say, I've got things to do. I've got responsibilities. Remember what God has called you to be. Don't. Don't overlook being a friend. Don't overlook. I'm telling you, we're so full of distractions. Oh, you know, I'm so up on the latest and everything that people are putting on there and all this, this, these things. And, you know, somebody right around you that just needs a kind word. Amen. Praise God. Remember, remember, when you do it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. He said, when you 
Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, in so much as ye have not done it to the least, one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. These last days we're living in, a lot going on. A lot going on. A lot of things that we are aware of even more in the spirit that we're praying about, praying, God, how can we be more effective for your kingdom? But listen to me, the very simple things of just being salt and being light, the very simple things of coming to church and, 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 and coming just day by day in your family, to your job, to, to your community, just, just shining that light by being kind, being friendly, having time. To do, to say, to help, to really invest yourself for the kingdom of God. God sees that. God takes that personally and he'll reward you for it. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, you're so good. I thank God for people that it's more than just words. The word of God says to love not just in word only, but in deed, in actions. And I, I feel like more than ever, every one of you is, that's hearing my voice is conscious of that. But we can all look a little closer and say, Lord, don't, don't let me overlook people around me that just need to see the love that you have let let it shine through me Lord in ways that I can help ways that I can just somehow be a blessing sometimes it might not seem like a lot but just a friendship just a kind word just a just what you can do is what matters. It's not what you can't do. It's not what you don't have opportunity to. Don't beat yourself up with that. Don't don't think that somehow if, if the opportunity doesn't arise that, that you've done something wrong. But look at what you can do and pray and ask God to open doors for you to be to be a blessing. Because God takes that seriously. The people around you, the people that God brings to you. Shine the light. Tell them about the Lord. Tell them how good God is. Encourage somebody. Invite somebody into the family of God. Because God's watching. God's, God's going to see that. That's, that's just a proof of who you are. A life lived selflessly for him let's find a place to pray let's all let's all talk to the lord god help us open doors god for us to be a witness testimony
so full of your power, God. And Lord, that you will be seen and God, that we can build one another up in this last day when so much is pulling us down. Bless your people now, I pray, God. Keep us safe, Lord. Keep us protected in you, healthy in you, Lord. And just, Lord, work through us. Work through us. Lord, for the days are short. We love you. We praise you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, church. God bless you.